0: Welcome, everyone, to the Iron Fist podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete.
1: The more you talk, the weirder this gets. The Iron Fist podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 106, Immortal Emerges from Cave, is brought to you by Monastery Boy, Aston Martin. Summon your chi and your checkbook. And come
0: on down today! Pete, as we will discuss later when we get to the mailbag, want to put out an all-call to our loyal listeners. Please, oh please, we're looking for those iTunes reviews. We are looking to hear what you have to say on the great and mighty iTunes. I know some of you listen through the Google Play or through the website, but so many of you uh, listen through iTunes either on your phone or uh, through your computer etc so would love to see some more iTunes reviews coming our way please oh please we're not saying how you need to vote just uh, want to uh, want to get some more reviews going there
1: make your voice heard time to step inside the dojo and deconstruct this episode we begin Matt with Legung, the Thunderer, in a voiceover here, as Danny meditates on the couch in his office, telling him that because of who he is, he will all there will always be forces gathering against him, preparing, waiting. And as we have that, we transition to cuts being made onto flesh. Soon realize it's animal flesh here, and the Thunderer continues that they're looking for a weakness in him they could be disguised as a friend slipping past you as a stranger they are everywhere and as we pull back the camera reveals uh, these two men trimming an animal they are in a kitchen they hear something uh, and their attention is drawn they grab knives on an overhead uh, rack and head out into a club-esque area where there is a bowl with a stick sitting on a cushion The Thunderer continues that uh, you, Danny, must always be aware of their presence because they are aware of you. And in Russian, they read the message, the time has come.
0: Yeah, pork chops, lamb chops, what's on the menu, Pete? All I know is this, for a moment, my heart skipped a beat. Not at the, the prospect of some chops for Din Din, but rather, I thought maybe, oh maybe, we were back in Harlem's paradise no such luck, though. Um, but certainly setting up the uh, the unknown call here, although we do get the uh, the translation. The time has come, says the note. With that, Pete, cut to a woman playing with spiders. I really didn't watch much of the rest of that scene because <laughs> I have a spider problem. Department
1: um, of etymology uh, visible uh, just barely on the glass door there. Um, and the the thunderer continues here that they study your every move the opposition looking for what you reveal to them where she gets a knock and then Matt opened his eyes
0: that much I saw she has a bowl and a note as well uh the bowl on a cushion. we kind of Pete it's very modern this dining here. okay you have the cushion then the bowl then a piece of bamboo asking you what is the nature of food It's clearly from a very very high-end restaurant. <laughs> Um, it too though it's it's an asian language it says korean of course it says the time has come elsewhere we're in a swanky karaoke bar this pete one of the highlights of the episode a man is singing take on me and uh, the camera pulls back to reveal many dead men one still alive and bleeding some women too oof pete yes men and women all deet uh the second man gets choked to death with the mic cord by the first man clearly as this he man... sings as yes. he
1: sings the end of take on me almost like a challenge and then he takes him on out
0: clearly this man is used to killing uh with that a woman walks in pillow and bowl and note the time has come pete i think she made it out okay her time did not come back to danny This notion that doubt leads to death to take us to the title card. Which, Pete, let's talk about the title card again for a second here. It's still a little too close to Daredevil for my liking. Um, It made me wonder, are are we setting up some exciting visuals for the episode? I know one thing, Pete. This director... It's RZA, a.k.a. Robert Fitzgerald Diggs, a.k.a. Bobby Digital, producer, performer, de facto leader of the Wu-Tang Clan, and director of the film, The Man with the Iron Fists, 2011. It's all connected, O.D. Pete.
1: It is. We will discuss in our theory segment.
0: The credits now over, Pete. We go to Rand Tower where Ward is bleary-eyed. He is slow on the uptake as Joy tells him that they've hired the crisis management team. What crisis management <laughs> team? Uh, Joy
1: With four million four hundred thousand forty-nine one hundred twenty-seven views to the YouTube video, Matt. And his bloodshot eyes. Um, we have to we have to break that down a little bit.
0: Indeed. All all in due course, Pete. Uh, Joy says that she was trying to turn a blind eye, and Ward looks guiltily at his uh, heroin drawer, although he blames the muscle relaxers. After all, he's a lightweight, you know, because if there's anything we've learned from this guy, Pete, it's that, you know, there must be something in his life where he's less than completely dominant. Um, But he proves to her he doesn't have a pill problem, not really. He throws out all the pills, proofs, totes my goats that he's totally not a pill popper see they're all in the garbage because he doesn't need to take pills everything's great right pete
1: well he missed her email he does not know that the crisis intervention resources team has been hired they're coming for a 4 p.m risk assessment brief powwow uh hey bring danny would you
0: he again still a little you know blah blah blah, blah, blah here um, Ward promises however to get the lad there and uh, in Danny's office he's using the uh, the tablet map Pete first I thought it was from the fruit company but when you see the back of it not so much um, he's getting more info about the warehouses and such you know back to that uh, that heroin moving uh, Ward enters and Ward chews him out for admitting culpability again as discussed last time Uh, I'm not quite clear how Danny saying we are going to make good on this is is showing culpability, but. I'm not um,
1: clear how a corporate majority shareholder apologizing to a woman who is suing them um, would garner uh, now in the time that it took. Ward to walk to Danny's office he claims and yes it's hyperbole they're over six million views later um the crisis intervention guy says they've got more views than the incredible green guy Matt I think we're blowing it slightly out of proportion
0: well Pete if I was charging what I imagine a crisis management team charges I kind of would too um to be fair though it might okay how about this it might be hyperbole on the part of wayne the crisis management guy and ward he's he's not in a good place pete so i don't know that he's even remembering the numbers correctly at this point um However, in a neat little bit of story conceit, in order for Ward to ensure that Danny will be at the crisis management meeting, Ward is going to tag along. I really like that as a, as a writerly uh, twist. They get themselves to the basement, and sure enough, Pete, just as I called last week using my extensive knowledge of uh, luxury cars afforded to me by the life of uh, being a celebrity podcaster, Danny's gotten asked to Martin, question Pete, does he have you know, a license. I I guess he does. (laughs) You did posit Pete that, um, that perhaps several weeks have gone by since he returned to New York. Um, It's
1: not positing. It's that's the way it is. We've not seen him. The, the episode where Danny Rand goes to the, the DMV, uh, that, that died a quick death in, uh, the writer's room. Immortal emerges from DMV just did not have the legs. Um, he he did also have the fastest donkey cart in Kunlun. However, um, but with Claire working on Radovan, who's somehow still holding on. Um, the despite, his incre-
0: despite his incredibly bloody chest
1: and and the in credit card uh, seal there uh, ingeniously fixed yet not. Uh, holding up in the long run that uh, they've got to get him to the hospital. Um, Colleen is fearful of doing that because of what will happen to his daughter, that they'll kill Sabina, Um, that uh, they wait for Danny. Um, He'll bring the daughter.
0: Pete Ward, he's much afeared as to the particulars going on. Uh, Most importantly, that that. They need to get back in time. Um, they pull up, by the way, to the latest warehouse in that sweet, sweet Aston Martin, Pete Rizza, and the DP. No, no, that's not blazing hip-hop and R&B lingo. That's the director of photography. Between the two of them, they don't let the camera be caught on one iota of the Aston Martin's sweet, shiny finish, by the way. That's attention to detail. Just what I expect from a Bobby Digital joint here. Uh Ward says that this is a waste of time. There's no heroin nor girl. Um, I know which
1: one he wants more.
0: <laughs> spoiler alert, it's not one of the shapely sirens. It's it's the H, the horse. Um Danny says that Ward can stay in the car, but coincidentally both end up they find the container truck from last night, which by the way, Pete, I want to speak to all the future writers out there listening to the podcast. This is good writing. Think how boring it would have been if we went to the previous three warehouses and it was like, see, it's nothing. They save the it's, good stuff. It's for the 1
1: screen. p.m. now. <laughs> we need we to be back in two hours. hours. We, we, we do get the, the check that is 3 p.m. here. They find, of course, the cargo truck. We quickly put two and two together. This is the one that Danny punched through. It's also the one that Gao examined. And what's inside? What's in the in the storage box matt
0: pete everybody's trying to get ahead in this world and it turns out that mr beardo from last week it's his head on a katana um so we're all getting ahead in this week uh ward thinks about calling the police and no the police can't have rand tied up in this that's my ward impression by the way i know you thought that actor tom pelfrey was actually here live in the studio. Um, what is Danny doing up there? Pete, super poignant moment because of how it's lit. Again, Riza and the director of photography working really well on this. Can't quite see what Danny's doing right away. He's praying for the man. Shouldn't we all be so sympathetic? Um, he finds the same wooden note that we've seen, Pete. There's an Asian text on the no, back. No, it's not Asian. It's, it's not Asian?
1: It's written in English, so he can go there. It's the one four, side four, is
0: Asian. The other is 430 Cherry Street. Yes, so, so it's partially asian well but they flip it over so we can read Pete, i i'm setting up the drama here <laughs> he prays he finds the same wooden note asian text flip it over asian text is for danny the english is for the rest of us pete um uh, unless you're you know one of the many 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 com- uh, countries where um english isn't your your major thing uh word however isn't going to go there that's good because the invite is for danny only Pete, can you imagine a club that wouldn't invite Ward? I think any club that wouldn't have him, I wouldn't want to go to either.
1: Danny back at Chikara Dojo here asks how Radvan is. He is both not good and better. Uh, Claire maintains they've got to get him. To the hospital, his uh, right bronchi are contracting. He doesn't have long. There's the issue of, of the daughter. And Danny makes clear the challenge that has been issued here. The uh, a grand duel, the hands version of a challenge. Uh, their best fighters versus him. If he's able to defeat them, uh, they will uh, honor his request. Um, and if not, then it's lights out.
0: Super challenge duel. Uh, great line. You know, Danny has never really fought the hand before. Claire notes that she has more experience versus the hand than Danny, uh, which is a nice, it uh, is. it's just a nice touch. Just um, that
1: she's got this background. We've, we've touched in a previous episode, how her, her, uh, coworker was gutted. All right. She got stabbed and she died. It was a little bit over the top, but that that this guy that the Iron Fist still not sure what that means. Everybody else, um, you know, doesn't have any experience against them and is ready to square off in this, you know, super high leverage duel.
0: Pete. The only way that this could have gotten more New Yorker, what with her saying the Iron Fist, I have no idea what that is. This is getting weirder and weirder. Uh, The only way it could have gotten more New York is some sort of Ghostbusters 2 era, you know, like (laughs) it's every New Yorker's right to treat each other like garbage or whatever the exact line was. Um, I think
1: Claire actually has mood slime in her refrigerator in like a pickle jar i think every uh new yorker every tv and film new yorker has a a a little uh olive uh clear uh jar of mood slime
0: you you ugly piece of slime by the way pete uh real ghostbuster fans know that the best place to keep your mood slime is the toaster um anyhow ba- back to iron fist pete well we'll save this for the ghostbuster podcast by fantastic geek coming out when all the marvel shows and star trek uh is on hiatus which is probably be never uh, anyhow danny knows all of this uh, maybe less about the mood slime stuff that might have been a cultural reference he missed although wait no 15 years ago he probably saw it on like dvd or whatever anyhow this is where he's meant to be just like us pete back here at iron fist Back we go to Rand Tower, where Ward is having a little freakout. Turns out he wants his pills from the garbage. But Megan, why did garbage get thrown out by garbage?
1: (laughs) Maintenance came by early. Why? She didn't ask. Uh, Joy comes in. Crisis management's here. Ring, ring. And I can't get over how lousy they made uh, Tom Pelfrey look in this episode, you know the the slick back hair, the the piece coming loose, with the you know not a knock on Tom Pelfrey, he's he's playing a guy we're meant to not like, but just so like corporate greaseball, Wall Street, it, you know nobody looks at that and says yes, give me that haircut speaking as a guy who has very little hair to begin with. But anyway. Well, um, I I think
0: that I was going to say, you know, everybody involved in a film or TV production plays a role in getting the story across. And it's obvious for us when it's acting or when it's a great speech or when it's interesting visuals or colors and so on and so forth, you forget that there are professional hair people out there. And this scene here, not to focus too much on Ward's hair, I don't know at what point they said this should be Ward's haircut, but somebody in the world of hair whose job it is to think about how Tom Pelfrey's hair looks said he's got this kind of haircut that looks he has a certain look to it, a, a certain, shall we say, mid-Manhattan uh real estate, I'm a, a, you know, a, a greaseball kind of kind of look. You get a couple of those hairs uh, disheveled, and it's not just kind of oh, it's a messy handsome. It looks it it looks like he's having a bad day. It's the equal to what the makeup person did to redden around his eyes, or to put uh, to put uh, contact lenses in that redden his eyes, that kind of thing. You know, shout out, shout out to the hair people out there, yes, earning earning those Benjamins here.
1: We have some listeners who uh, have done some some Hollywood hair and makeup, and it definitely is a, an unsung art, and here, very very much a part of the story. And as he goes in to meet with uh, Wayne Olson, he has not corralled Danny off doing his own thing. Uh, he tells Joy. Uh, and even though he apologizes, um, she is tired of hearing that. Uh, and again, you know, as much as we dislike him, she always finds a way to come off just a little more edgy, a little more, uh, you know, strangely more likable yet mean.
0: Well, Pete, I'm the oldest sibling in my family. You're the oldest in yours. I think the, what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm now going to speak in in my oldest sibling register so only you oldest siblings out there can hear and everyone else is hearing music or something.
1: It's like dog whistling, but for the smartest children born of each
0: family. Because Ward has had to work so hard as the oldest and Joy has been able to sit back, she's been able to cultivate some of these niceties whereas Ward Ward has had to bust down the wall and she steps through it daintily. Not because she's a woman, Pete, but because she is... The second born,
1: she has uh, no idea of the stress in his life, bearing the secret that their father is alive, all of this uh, corporate responsibility, this this drug problem, Matt. That it was with good intentions that he sampled heroin, but he's the older brother. He's got to try these things out. Uh, all of that.
0: Hold on, Pete. I just need to just kind of come. <clears throat> Take a little something for my back. And we're back, Pete. Boy, you things are great you here. You didn't
1: wash it down.
0: Ah, scotch the scotch scotch and prescription-level painkillers. It's what makes a podcast go, Pete. Uh,
1: what, be what I want to point out. conscious unconscious for the next segment, so I will begin that now. Please um, do. Wayne explains here that, uh, okay, so even if uh, Mr. Rand is indisposed, they're going to get cracking. Call me Wayne, by the way. Affable guy. You can see why he's successful. However, he owes a debt of gratitude to their, uh, you know, what is believed, of course, uh, by everybody there but Ward. And then another reason why he's uh, he's going through what he is, to be deceased father harold who um he learned a lot from and always said to find fruit in failure
0: uh also this idea that uh the greatest thing that ever happened to rand was danny walking through the door pete what an exciting start to the scene and cut to the dojo because it would have been really interesting to see joy and Joy and Ward kind of humbled by this uh, older generation guy who knows the ins and outs and explain well, we, how up we is go down. Back.
1: They've got to, They've got to move on. Danny's stretching. Colleen asks him if he's scared. He's not. Um, they just need to take care of Radovan. He'll get Sabina. He's not going to get hurt. He promises. He has a vision of total victory, Matt. And a lot of his lyrics sound like the um, You're the Best song from Karate Kid and later used in in such great effect uh, in um, The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. Uh, Basically, defeat has no place in his mind. Um, This isn't a tournament or any kind of challenge that uh, he's used to, Colleen points out. If you lose, they'll kill you. That's not going to happen.
0: Uh, indeed, Pete. It's just not that he's confident because doubt leads to death. Oh, so. We've heard that before. By the way, Pete, now, uh, listen, to, to to the listeners who have met us, well, don't tell the truth here. Those who haven't, Pete, listeners who have not met us know that we are both have the physique of Greek gods. <laughs> um, so I can say what I'm about to say with total authority. The mid shots of Danny showing him talking total victory – I would like liked if maybe Finn Jones's arms were a little more toned. I mean, we got remember this way, Pete. Somebody's going to the trouble to put to put uh, the Colleen Wing character in tops that show off just a little hint of decolletage, and then a little while later, the the Spider Lady is going to be dressed in something that's more appropriate for Fredericks of Hollywood than <laughs> like Ninja Fight Club. Um, again, Finn Jones, lovely guy. You know, I'm enjoying his performance. Um, can we just a little, little more definition there in the arms? I don't
1: think. I mean, he certainly did hit the weight pile to take on this role, but I don't think. Come on, Luke Cage is the big one by com- comparison. And okay, could could you make an argument that you're going to shoot him a little further up close? I I think uh, RZA is is right to do this. He's he's the agile. He's he's the. You know we've categorized it with his fighting style. He's he's evasive and, you know, the the movements are more minimalist. Uh, as he kneels here, um, and Colleen has left, he uh, he tells the Thunderer to tell him the legend again. Why are you so interested? Because it gives him courage this tale of a child touched by fire delivered from heaven to be our greatest warrior destined for victory there's some doubt however even though that leads to defeat matt and that's me don't you know but he's mastered everything not everything and claire opens the door here she's watching she's looking around who else is there Um, and the Thunderer explains you have yet to face the most cunning opponent of all. That is the hand. She wants to know who he's talking to, but it's time, Matt. He's got his invitation popsicle stick. Radovan is at his bandages.
0: Indeed, kind of interesting use of time. He says it's time. More time has passed. Radvan is freaking out super bloody again, which I get it. It's probably supposed to be that he's, you know, been slowly bleeding out. Maybe if he was cleaner to begin with, and then we saw him super bloody, it would have been, we would have been able to track that subconsciously. But his condition is worsening in a scene that kind of goes on a bit with a lot of moaning and groaning and medical stuff, but... It really doesn't reveal much more than his condition is worsening and well, um, what about
1: what about sabine you know Colleen is as the proxy there um calming him down why did you leave me um that kind of stuff you know he says you're my whole life we we get we get further motivation he he wants forgiveness here um and she thinks at one point he may have died
0: well. I know this, Pete. I know that more and more time passes because now it's fully nighttime. And Danny makes his way to the location in question in what is likely a set, but nonetheless is luxuriously lit yes. in reds and yellows and blues and greens. Pete, can we get more episodes directed by Riza here?
1: All the Riza, all the time here. Um, there, there is a uh, gate that opens a door there are all these lanterns it's a beautiful interior space afterward with the torches a circular fountain the the two neatly laid out little washcloths there the iron fist accepts the challenge of the grand duel in the name of the holy city of Kunlun, and uh his terms here upon victory that the hand relinquish custody of sabina and depart rand Madam Gao, of course, shows up, welcomes him. They both bow. Her master.
0: Matt, <gasps> Wait, Pete, she has a master?
1: Her master agrees to your terms. Should he lose but remain alive, he must remove himself from all their dealings, to which he agrees.
0: Pete, I love how Gao and Danny have this little ceremonious... Uh hand washing speaks to their uh, <laughs> despite my flippant way in which I described it, uh it, it certainly speaks to their their knowledge uh of of the culture in general. We're gonna find out that Madame Gao knows a lot more about Kun Loon and other things before you know it. Um they go down into a warehouse space Pete, all these warehouse spaces. But you know what? Riza knows how to dress it up. Red palettes Mm -hmm. catch the eye, also serve as a background and kind of a perimeter to the space in general. The two men, uh, they are the Russian butchers, of course. They await. Uh, They wonder if he can really be the Iron Fist. Uh, And by the way, Pete, they aren't two. They are one. Which got me all set for some, like, awesome... Are they mutant? Are they magic? Kind of right. like they're
1: gonna—they're gonna come together. Shimmer
0: thing, yeah. Instead, yeah.
1: no. Turns out that uh, Grigory and uh, Andre just fight as one and do things simultaneously, like cut themselves across the hand and make a circle of blood. That if you go outside, you lose or you die. But they point out. Could he have possibly been the Iron Fist? This is the rich kid that disappeared. He's been on the cover of Forbes, of People. They've both read these magazines, because they are one. Um, but he would be unworthy if he's no longer at the gates of uh, Kunlun, and they're getting in his head here. They're going to put him in a body bag! <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Pete, you jazzed up this scene that didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, the challenge has begun. Danny is knocked down. Um, the Russian guys, they don't go in for the kill, uh, particularly when Danny just needs a little time out to get a message from his uh, his uh, wise monk there, a reminder that he must be a double-edged sword because he cannot be in two places at once. Thus, Pete, he is a double-edged sword by using both of his hands at the same time, or sometimes kicking in one direction and punching in an opposite direction. It's a whole new fighting style. Um, They pause again. He can fight. Uh, they, They concede. And after some more knife work, he's reminded by the monk that he is a living weapon there to destroy the hand. So Pete, his hand does not glow, which again, I get, we always can't have Superman using heat vision and super speed and flying because it would be boring, but I kind of keep wondering how, like why the living weapon doesn't make his hand a glowy iron fist all there, the time.
1: There is explanation coming.
0: Good. Whew. Danny wants them for good. Finally knocks one out. The other one is told to yield. He drags himself to the edge of the, uh, to the edge of the blood circle and taps out. Gao declares the first battle is won by Danny.
1: His left arm here, he did suffer the wound. He tears the sleeve off. He wraps it as uh, Claire brings in Radovan for medical attention here. Needs pulmonary. Uh, She runs into Delicia, uh, who she happens to know. Needs to hop up the line there. Done. Their John Doe. Uh, has a collapsing lung. She improvised the the seal, which we discussed in the last uh, episode with its ingenuity. They call upstairs, bringing in an active. Can we uh, forgo the fingerprints and the ID and everything? Wow, Claire, you haven't changed. You know who else hasn't changed, Matt?
0: Who's that?
1: That would be Administrator Shirley.
0: Indeed. Um... She uh, she boots Radovan to the top of the queue. She's willing to play ball, you know, what with Claire, the person who resigned in disgrace after ninjas legit attacked the hospital and another worker was killed and Shirley was terrified, as any of us would be. Um,
1: in and, the Daredevil, it's important to understand that, you know, Claire's been around in a lot of these shows, you know, um, the, the the ninja stuff was in daredevil season two
0: pete the scene concludes with claire kind of vaguely saying that she's kind of sort of sure that radvan will be taken care of pete i i'm going to let you inside the writer's room on this one i think that we too are meant to be left with a a sense of of unease and and not be completely sure as to whether radvan will be taken care of
1: too Rather imposing nurses, you could argue maybe the most imposing nurses ever, male nurses ever seen in TV and film with their bright bluish purpley gloves throwing this guy in a gurney. I I think the the, the writing room is completely on the uh, uh, dry erase wall, Matt. What's coming there?
0: Pete, I want to thank you for having me uh, just reflect uh, on my preconceived notions because my notes refer to them as orderlies. And you know what, Pete? I'm okay living in, in a world where uh, the hospital is run by a lady and some of the nurses are male. That that That's okay by me. Not, not...
1: everybody is, Matt. More <sighs> on that later.
0: What, Pete? Surely you're not teasing that we got flack for being open to all kinds of people
1: you'll just have to listen and learn
0: oh man pete back to danny we go he's taken into a somewhat frozen room by Gao. pete do you recall the asian woman who was uh terrifying me because she had spiders she's here pete this is alessa Uh, it's not cindy moon aka silk You've disappointed me a little bit. I was hoping that this was a sly crossover to that Spider property, which I'm sure Sony uh, has rights to, because the iterations and permutations of Spider-Man are are so endless, as we all know from some of the Spider-Verse stuff that was out a couple years ago. But I digress, Pete. Uh, just in case you didn't know she likes spiders, she also has a spider tattoo on her back and is... Um, as mentioned before, not dressed for fighting exactly. Although she's going to explain how it kind of is dressed for fighting.
1: Yeah. There's, there's mist here. There are these, uh, chemical tubes. There's fencing. There are torn sheets hanging evocative, of course, of a spider. And it's completely clear to us now that each challenge is going to be done differently. Uh, that the the tattoo on her back is not going to turn into a drone and and fly away um he is aghast that she is a woman not because a woman can't fight Matt but just that this is going to happen very differently here um he senses I'm sorry she senses his fear uh, and though he tries to hide it the the mask is actually Danny ran. Uh, who died long ago, um, and she's not really interested in fighting, but instead making the kissy face. And oh, as man. she does that, the needles go in the neck. Some really effective close-ups, on top of the effective use of the 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 harmonizer here to distort her voice. Um, that uh, she's she's. Stung him with uh, singing spider venom. Very rare, but it'll help him let go. He wants to be free to lose control.
0: Uh, indeed, she wonders if someone new is wanting to get out. I'm hoping that's a metaphor. Um, Danny asks if they're going to fight, and uh, as you mentioned, goes in for the smooch. Uh, she says it that these the this uh, this. Um, Venom is going to help him be free of the burden of keeping all his rage inside him. She's trying to get his heart rate going. He tries to calm himself down, and then after getting punched a few times, um, he's also trying to punch back. Misses punch and misses. Um, she just continues to stick him, which was I, I thought was a really effective elevation of the tension here. Danny has a timeout with Legung the Thunderer and uh, is reminded not to give in. Pete. It is so nice that these opponents give him time to think. I know it's probably all in his head while he fights, as we see in the third round of fight, but I digress. Um, Just as not Silk, but I wish it was Silk, is about to stab him, Danny realizes that he can fight back, and he focuses enough to roundhouse kick the woman in the face, and Gao declares the second battle won, just like...
1: I particularly appreciate with each of these scenes with the Thunderer, more and more of him is revealed until finally we get his face in the next scene. But, you know, we, we start at the torso, we go up. I, I really have to credit Riza and his director of photography throughout this episode. This scene could have come off a whole lot more cheesy than it actually does when you consider what's being presented. Um, and and there are some ideas going on here, Matt. Uh, but I think would have been far visually less interesting. Yeah, there's her outfit. Okay. But we're playing around with the sensuality of it. Uh, there's a little kiss of the the Spider Woman going on as well. We can't all have the uh, Spider Man suits and the Iron Man suits and everything like that. And uh, you know, though though the the budgets are are not lean, um, you know they're they're not blowing it in these particular areas. And I think they really maximized it with how they shot this scene
0: yeah and you know uh, here's the thing you're gonna do this tournament of fighting where it's three fights essentially back to back we get uh the story interrupted in a little while by the fight at the hospital so you kind of get four fights in quick succession all are fine on their own but to get them all together here um i don't know i just kind of felt like oh it's another fight scene it's another fight scene um and and as for her outfit i mean i uh, as a uh, as a gentleman i approve as a scholar of television such as i am um just i look i understand that seduction is part of her part of her uh opening fighting style but pete the there are, there are things that should be that should be contained that might not remain contained in a full-out fight and i don't think she's thinking or rather the costumer is thinking of of that level of practicality
1: agreed for for the most part uh danny uh though hurt and gao gets that much out of him he's barely hurt he does not wish to withdraw um and he intends to leave with the girl here. We go back to Wayne, who uh, has helped them uh, craft a, uh, a well-crafted statement. Danny will deliver it with sincerity, he's sure. and Ward is wigging out um, and and then jumps. He leaves. He heads to the elevator. Joy's unable to stop him. He's on the phone with his doctor's office. The housekeeper threw out his meds. Um, You know, he can't wait until the morning. He gets to his car, heads to an urgent care clinic. And then there's this moment of hesitation before he takes his left hand and slams it inside the car door and then emerges with a really pretty effective piece of makeup on that left hand. He's looking possibly for some Tylenol with codeine or some Percocet. Uh, Immediately, it doesn't fit the model of drug-seeking behavior, but then it quickly does the minute he's offering to pay for three or four pills, and Joy interrupts him there.
0: Word started out so unsympathetic and I appreciate that the show has taken him to this place where as he pulls up there and there's even the, the writing on the glass, uh, I think it's something like, you know, just come in and get the help you need. Yeah. Um, And and we know not that addiction isn't a, isn't a very real uh, affliction, but we know this is a lot different than the primary uh, uh, purpose of an urgent care place, you know, Hey, I was doing some home carpentry. Now there's a nail in me. Hey, I fell down. My bone is broken. Things of that sort. Um, particularly a man of his means, he could be addressing this addiction in a much more effective way than this this scam of you know Tylenol, you know, with some codeine or maybe Percocet or maybe something really serious. You know, it's it, it's sad to see him reduced this way, and I appreciate that the show is making me feel sympathy for somebody who has been perhaps not villainous, but certainly incredibly odious in his behavior. I mean, when you're at the point where you're offering the front station nurse, uh, money to give you pills, I'm surprised she didn't call security sooner. And she basically called security as soon as she could. Um, and thumbs up to joy, who was able to see through all this nonsense and pull him quickly. Um, with that, Pete, because all medical scenes must match up to other <laughs> medical scenes. Uh, we go from the urgent care facility to Metro General, where Claire checks in as to Radvan's status. Wait a minute, Pete. He never made it to an OR.
1: But uh, what, what she says to Colleen here, Shirley was not one to give up without a fight unless somebody was forcing her not to. Uh, of course, Delicia can't find Radovan in an OR. He had never arrived quickly there with a security guard checking, uh, cameras. They find him on sub basement three quick to the Claire mobile.
0: As Claire and Colleen meet up in sub level three, uh, and, and beyond, um claire is rushing to meet up uh with the other uh the other orderly in the ambulance pardon me pete nurse um and on her way declares sweet christmas pete that's a call back to the luke cage as i'm sure you recall turns out though the ambulance is empty it was all a decoy pete rats foiled again by those rascally hand
1: and the hand leading danny rand up to the final challenge here. The thunderer is talking about a different path that if he chooses to face the dragon, he will risk everything. If he chooses to take it up, he will be forever marked. Uh, so if he's willing to kill Danny Rand, the iron fist can live here. And as he opens the door, Heads in, Gal locks it, bars it behind him. There is uh, a man, the same uh, karaoke crooner from the beginning of the episode in front of a weapon rack, and he wants to know, who the hell are you? When does the real warrior get here? But Matt, these childish insults are getting tiring. It's like they all trained on the same playground or got their iTunes comments left on the same place.
0: <sighs> tease OTs. Oh By the way, Pete Rizza and uh, the director of photography here using some uh, interesting practical lighting as Danny enters this, uh, this fighting space here. Uh, uh, the, the opponent not named in the episode, although uh, uh, coordinating to the comics character of Scythe, um is in complete darkness and the lights come up around him um and uh danny at this point is offered a chance to select a weapon however he is the weapon although who i will call sive um says uh weapons are used by their masters so even there pete some some name calling on the old uh playground of fight death club
1: (laughs) not uh ultimate Uh, Underground Fight Club, UUFC, uh, having glimpsed that a little earlier in the series. They have uh, maybe the least interesting fight of the entire episode. Suffice to say, different weapons are used. Uh, He uses at one point this. Axe blade double nunchuck thing. They go through the girders. They wind up in a a separate location there. Um, Gal follows along. And uh, when it comes down to the Thunderer narrating everything that uh, Danny needs to cast away his child, needs bury his parents. He iron fists Matt and... It's a situation where he's trying to get the guy to submit. Uh, We see the face of the Thunderer now. Uh, Tell me who you are. Danny repeats the Child of Thunder um, line, everything that we've come to learn from him there. But as he goes to strike, Gao had left the room quickly, returning with um, Sabina, a knife to her throat here, withdraw and she'll be spared.
0: This is dishonorable, Matt. Also, slightly dishonorable in the presentation, although not impossible for a mere mortal, let alone hardly impossible for somebody of Madame Gao's uh, powers, as we are about to discuss. But she is watching from the rear of the room. And uh, once Scythe is down, she is miraculously on the other side of the room. Uh, again, we've kind of seen her Batman-style kind of disappear mid, uh, mid-sentence. mid And we're about to see more of her powers. So I'm not saying it's incongruous. I'm just saying it's presented a little jarringly. Um, Gao also mentions that she never believed that she would meet another, another Iron Fist gasp of gasps. Turns out she has been to Kunlun and uh, she knows the tree in the center square. That's, the, that's the, her story proof, Pete, that she's been there.
1: The Katsura tree, whose shade stretches on for miles, and when it blooms, it smells like brown sugar. She dreams about it every night.
0: That same tree, indeed. Why would Danny choose to leave heaven? uh his answer is quick something along the lines of you know don't worry about it mom um <laughs> but it suggests to me pete ooh, that's something to keep an eye on are we going to get some story there as to why he left she is also entertained by how his mind works great line and adds that she knew his father pete all sorts of revelations coming out here um and as uh he comes close to her um Perhaps about to to hit her with one swing of her hand, Pete. She almost force blasts him away. Pete, can you say right now on the record is she a sif? <laughs> She's is,
1: not. Is a this Sith. the great?
0: Is this the great geekening where <laughs> all of the parts of Disney become one? Pat
1: Noswalt with... is is behind the door there to reveal that Deadpool, the X Men, um, Poe Dameron. Everybody is is coming through, and Citizen and we're Filibuster, all of our dreams. <laughs> Citizen Filibuster, all of our dreams are coming through, and Danny will then fight uh, Ray Skywalker for all of the marbles and the keys to the Starship Enterprise. <laughs>
0: With that, Pete, walking out into the spectacular courtyard, Danny uh, asks the the wise sage who has been communicating to him either telepathically or in his memory if he should have let the girl die. Side note, Sabina overhears that and gives him kind of a what? What are you talking about? Um, the monk fades to black. Again, another practical lighting element here. The
1: denial, though. Who are you talking to? No one. So I think it's very revealing. This uh, mentor esque character, he, he in the episode says he is the apprentice of. It's never clear whether that is his Shifu that he's referred to earlier. He has called out Legong the Thunderer uh, one time to this point in the series by his full name. So some some interesting mysteries, if not a little bit beyond the winning but losing and the rules being changed of a downer of an ending
0: by the way pete it ending with another one of those interesting lighting moments courtesy not just of riza but uh cinematographer manuel Billiter. who pete a little background on him spent the uh the early portions of this decade uh working in new york camera operator 2011 the b camera works his way up to person of interest uh, in 2011, 2012, as the A camera operator. Then Pete, things start to uh, take off for him. Uh, director of Photography for Law & Order, mixed in there as well. Uh, graduates to Person of Interest as the Director of Photography for 20 episodes. Uh, spends a little time doing three episodes for as the DP for Orange is the New Black. And then Pete, see if you can follow the trend here. DP's all 13 episodes of Marvel's Jessica Jones. From there goes to 13 episodes of Marvel's Luke Cage, then goes to Marvel's Iron Fist. Pete, he is the go to New York cinematographer for Marvel Netflix. Not a bad gig if you can get it.
1: Not at all. And this was the final episode screened for critics ahead of the show being made available uh, the entire season on Netflix. And it's amazing how much this episode was singled out as being the worst. And I have to completely disagree.
0: I don't know that it was the best episode, and I think some of the fights were a little repetitive, but uh, Pete, I'm still waiting for the penny to drop and for me to feel like this is... Awful, uh, racist garbage. This has been a, a an engaging, albeit imperfect, action adventure show, which uh, we're going to continue to discuss.
1: Sparring partners. Let's look at who Danny faced off against in this episode. Matt, let's begin with our two Russian butchers, Gregory and Andre
0: pete long-time listeners of the podcast will know i've always said if you need to hire someone to both prepare you a fine dinner and kill people you need to get russian butchers that kind of match their russian butcheriness um for the for the the part that they need to play which is stage one of three fight guys they certainly were interesting uh well choreographed and so forth menacing to be sure if you could imagine russians being bad guys pete um and uh they still have me asking pete is it lamb chops or pork chops for dinner
1: i think their menace is appropriate i also think they have the best smack talk of the three levels that, uh, Danny ascends through. How about Alessa Matt working in that department of etymology and keeping you out by day, uh, maybe, uh, summoning you by night.
0: Uh, Pete, my fear of spiders supersedes the ability for her to summon me back. Um, And that's all I have to say about that. Really, Uh, certainly, a a a, another well choreographed scene, uh, well acted. She she plays the slinky seductress well. I feel a little kind of a little nervous committing to enjoyment of that too much just because of of it being a tropey thing. Um, But the job asked of her, she certainly does quite effectively.
1: The one kick ending, I'm not quite sure does greatest service to her as a character, but trying to get inside his head where the the two earlier were talking about Danny's worthiness. Here he's she's trying to make him let go and, again, through the, the product of the poison, take advantage in that way.
0: Next on the list, of course, Pete, is uh, who we are informally calling Scythe. I think we'd want to we'd wanna officially wait for something uh, stated or scripted or whatever. But um, the, He's the, the only uh,
1: one we don't get a name on uh, via the uh, closed captioning. Uh,
0: regardless, he's, uh, he's the capo of capos when it comes to the fight scenes here and uh, certainly knows how to bring it, especially when he swings the scythe-like stick
1: never matches his introduction um to be singing aha's take on me uh having butchered a bunch of people albeit differently than the 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 two russians um and just never hits that note again matt when he fights danny rand
0: Luckily, though, Pete, we have Madame Gao rounding out these sparring partners here. Can't ever go wrong with her on screen. Wearing the white this time. I don't know if that was, uh, that was to counteract all the shadowy stuff, uh, particularly now that we want to see more of her. But regardless, she just displays a grace, an elegance, a dignity, a power. Uh, despite, her, despite her couple of extra years on this earth, uh, there's a sweet menace to her.
1: Yeah, you read my mind. She's simultaneously gracious and menacing. I go back to just the way they greet one another and then she's up and changing the rules and and holding a knife to this woman's uh, throat at the end and hitting Iron Fist with his very own, you know, I knew your father scene at the end of this episode. Time to focus our chi and look inside this episode. Matt, let's begin with the director of this episode.
0: What RZA. wait, a theory coming from the director, Riza? Yes. Or or about the about Riza? Do tell.
1: Well, so Riza directs this episode of Iron Fist. He had previously directed, as you pointed out, the film The Man with the Iron Fists. Um, we have fist, had
0: singular Pete, the man with the iron fit. Oh no, it is plural. Sorry. It is
1: plural. Um, we previously had fellow Wu Tang clan member method man make a cameo on Luke cage, Matt, hold on to your hat. Is it possible that Go Sigourney on. Weaver is not really playing a character named Alexandra, in the upcoming Defenders miniseries, but is secretly playing Big Baby Jesus, the reincarnation of old dirty bastard Matt. What say you about the woo?
0: Pete, if you are proposing that the entirety of Marvel television has existed merely to be 150 some odd episodes in order to be a retelling of the Wu-Tang Clan, I say it is brilliant. And though I didn't see it coming, I welcome our new storyline in which the Wu-Tang Clan is the end-all and the be-all. I just hope that while we are at the New York Music Awards show, which may have been the Grammys, that nobody climbs on the scaffolding to escape the police, much Wait. as ODB did.
1: Listen, if Ghostface killer Rayquan, um, GZA, also known as Jizza, uh, Ugod, Inspector Deck, Master Killer, and Capadonna uh, don't show up in the Punisher mat, I think we're all going to be very disappointed. Step. To the Wu, also, Matt, just so our listeners are clear, uh, we're going to tell you what our Wu-Tang Clan names are.
0: Pete, after consultation with the Wu-Tang Name Generator, it reveals that uh, after putting in my first name, my last name, I would be Mad Samurai. I will take it. What say you, Wu? Wu?
1: Well, we are related, Matt. I am dynamic samurai.
0: That's 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 a match made in woo. Pete, here's a slightly less impressive theory to discuss with you. Uh these visions of Lai Kung is it telepathy or is it more of a uh, a latent memory kind of thing what exactly is going on with uh, with Danny and his uh, communication there with Lai Kung
1: I think it is a memory i think it's super telling that he makes the the choice for a life over victory but the hand comes away with the the greater win, hence the the downer at the end of the episode. Um, It's not elegantly written, um, but it moves us forward. I I think that's why there was kind of the pall over this episode, chiefly because of the way that it ended. But with Gao here and this reveal that she knew Wendell, um, which... Anybody on the Internet could say, yeah, I knew Wendell Rand and, you know, the head of Rand and he died in the crash and everything like that. The reveal that she has a master, what's going on there? Could Wendell still be alive? Could Wendell be her master? It's, you know, at least from her mouth that she's been to Kunlun
0: uh i will vote no on wendell still being alive i think that it is setting up the possibility of a flashback of some sort where perhaps uh perhaps 15 years ago the hand was trying to make its way into rand and uh, maybe we see that uh madam Gao, ageless in her grace and beauty i'm sure could could pull off such a scene easily um and uh as for the fact that reveal of reveals that she has been to Kunlun here's my bet Pete here we are six episodes in. we're now officially past the halfway mark for the series I bet that that's a little thread that's going to be addressed in the Defenders um the Madam Gal stuff was so good in the first season of Daredevil then she just suddenly kind of disappears and it's like what what's going on then the way she kind of has come back to a double season two, so forth. I think we're headed towards a larger setup beyond this season.
1: Let's listen to some messages from the mystical city of Kunlun. Matt, the first much promoted comes to us courtesy a review left for the Iron Fist podcast by Fantastic Geek on the iTunes. And uh, the headline here is, I think the S1 season one preview episode was plenty. Uh, Two stars from Mike in MN, Minnesota there, left on March 26th, 2017. And it reads... I figured that this podcast and show would be worth a try because, generally, Matt and Peter put out fun commentary on the shows they cover. Having done so, the title above says it all, though I have a feeling that a wrap-up, should they choose to do one, would be an interesting listen. One comes away from the preview with an understanding that these two are happy to swim in the waters of capitalized white guilt, finding racism that serves the promotion of diversity um, at the expense of Caucasians to be more or less tolerable. If that's your thing, I'm sure this podcast will be very satisfying. Do note Going forward, as you watch the show, that they have described it to be, quote, smart TV, unquote. You can be sure that is so because they are, as they assess themselves in this podcast, S1 season one preview, quote, intelligent viewers, unquote. Happy viewing and listening.
0: Well, Pete, this is not the first time. That this uh, individual has, has left us a review, clearly has uh, an axe to grind. I believe he, he took umbrage uh, when we uh, were, were discussing uh, pro-female equality views on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, look, Pete, we live in a world where I'm, I'm a white guy living in the suburbs, so are you the world is changing and i think i think a lot of people out there thought that uh, the change would be a little bit more palatable and then uh, you know then there were some twists and turns in the news that didn't quite uh, didn't quite go the way uh, the pundits thought it would so the the the, the result has been now all of a sudden the right people are winning again you know what this is a show that is imperfect this is a show that we have discussed whose imperfections we have discussed uh, also, whose imperfections we have discussed after seeing it, which occurred after the one episode that this uh, that this I, I won't I won't uh, you know uh, insult the real gentleman out there by calling him a gentleman, but this man who has his axe to grind, uh, you know we we've discussed the imperfections of the show uh, after having seen it. He's reviewing us based on the preview episode where we had not. Uh, so that's I mean, look, that's fine. If he if, if his life is gonna get a little bit better, giving us a lousy review because we like to see diversity on TV and because we don't need to see people like us on TV to feel good about ourselves. Um fine. I would say to our listeners, you know, we'll take all reviews. If this is a little extra incentive for for you to share a review, uh Go for it because we like what we're doing. We like where the world is headed long term, even if it's not even if uh, the the uh, the Meechums might be running the show now. You know what, Pete? The defenders are the ones that are going to be in charge for the future. And, And and I'm okay with that, even though I'm not a defender, Pete.
1: I can't say that I agree with Mike in Minnesota, but I will fight to my dying breath for his right to express how he feels so you know what thank you mike uh it is duly noted and uh we want to hear whether people uh like what they're listening to whether they don't you help us you help others either way
0: pete on a slightly more positive note uh we heard from micah wilson uh, that's Top Deck Fifty Five uh, on Twitter, who said, uh, "Pete, just as we've been recording, he said, enjoying your recaps reviews of Iron Fist as usual." Smiley face, Pete. That smiley face it puts a smile on my face. And uh, again, we'll we'll take all comers, and uh, hopefully there is some balance to the force on the iTunes, dear listeners. Get on it. By the way, Pete, a quick uh, a quick. Pull back of the curtain we, we tend not to talk numbers we're not going to talk numbers here but just want to just want to let mike in minnesota and all our listeners know uh, a little look at our data the last couple days across the entire family of podcasts agents of shield all the marvel netflix stuff star trek discovery the last couple days have been some of our biggest for the entire year of 2017 so thank you everybody who keeps on listening uh and doesn't um Come to us with an axe to grind because you like to leave bad reviews and then go wonder why your heart is filled with coal. Pete, not filled with coal, filled with diamonds. Diamonds of support are our patrons on patreon.com. Whether you're giving at the Tony Stark level, the Danny Rand <laughs> level, or you're just you're just your Luke Cage, Jessica Jones types, given what you can give, we appreciate it. I, in all sincerity, Pete, you might be at the tippity top level. You might be at the dollar a month level. It is all appreciated because it comes from the heart, and I mean that genuinely.
1: And uh, whether you're giving at uh, Danny Rand uh, enterprise level, or whether you know you're you're just in there as a Hawkeye, as a as a Clint Barton, you know, family to feed, uh, you're always going to walk away with something in addition to this thing that we. We put out there for free. Uh, You will get extra uh, content that is Patreon only. You can also choose a perk. We're constantly uh, coming up with and adding new levels there. So thanks again to the people who are doing that. Would certainly hope uh, those who aren't would at least check it out. Maybe get themselves a little bit more fantastic
0: geek in their ear hole. Pete, with that, the freest of all is, of course, talking to you on Twitter. How can people do so?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R, J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 9,129 followers. Can't be wrong.
0: And while I am personally on Twitter is looking back lost... Uh, a podcast, by the way, that Mike in Minnesota said he appreciated. So now I feel completely conflicted. Um, but anyhow, uh, you can be in touch with the podcast in a whole variety of ways. We are Fantastic Geek. That's Fantastic with a Peach, FantasticGeekgmail.com, FantasticGeek.com, FantasticGeek on Twitter and Instagram as well. Pete, tell me there's more.
1: Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek with the pH all one word, like it today. And Matt, we are running a contest, as you are aware, and some of our listeners may or may not be aware, uh, between the Twitter and the Facebook, you must uh, retweet the tweet, you must follow on the Facebook, and that is going to put you in the running for a drawing uh, this coming Tuesday, April 4th, the night of the return of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the remainder of its fourth season uh, for a digital download code for Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So if you want one, if you are following us on Facebook, if you are uh, with us on Twitter, you are already in it. If you are not, get on that and get yourself some Rogue One.
0: Pete, that tweet is pinned to our Instagram profile, so easy to find, easy to retweet. And uh, thank you for sharing the love, dear listeners. Uh, with that, Pete, I will say goodbye to all our listeners and give you, sir, the final word.
1: Oh, talking away And I don't know what to say I say it anyway All the times I got to remember Shine away I'll be coming for your love Okay Take on Me Take on me Take me